we're building like a building, for example, and those foundations have to be solid and it has to be driven by sustainability. Uh, for us, yeah, it's a talking point, but it's a norm for us. Um, and to implement all these sort of elements into the collection, take time, takes a lot of resources. Hi, I'm Sebastian Volney, and this is The Sustainable Fashion Wingman, the podcast exploring the brands, innovations, and careers working towards greater sustainability in fashion. I hope you're enjoying the podcast. There's lots more insightful and informative discussions coming soon. So remember to subscribe and invite your friends to listen too. Now, if you're a follower of the Amazon fashion-focused show, Making the Cut, you'll no doubt become familiar with today's guest. Joshua Shkacheri has become a well-known name in fashion design, working at senior levels across numerous renowned premium brands. With a wealth of creative experience behind him and a desire for socially responsible fashion, Joshua is now heading up his own planet-conscious brand, Love Hero. What does it mean to be a Love Hero? And can we get the lowdown on making the cut? Let's find out. Hi, Joshua. Hi, Sebastian. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? Good, thank you. Thank you for today. You're welcome. Really good to catch up with you again and to have you on the show. Uh, and really exciting to see the development of your own ethical brand. Now, you've been in the industry for a while, producing incredible work for top brands. Can you just give us a little bit of an insight into your creative background, please? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I've been in the industry for about 15 years. Um, I started off my career in Australia with my own brand. And after about seven years, I decided I needed to see the bigger picture um, in the industry and really learn from, you know, the big brands, the big retailers, just try to get a foresight on every element of the industry to improve myself as a designer. Um, so I moved to London um, and that's where I started working and focusing more on tailoring, working for tailoring brands, um, the likes of Charlie Allen, and then that progressed to working for like Jaeger and, and Austin Reed and head of design at Dax. Um, London. So um, it's been a progress and it's also been, you know, a stepping stone for me to really grasp the industry and just do the best I can by learning from others. Yeah, and that's that's actually quite an impressive background. Um, some very well-known brands there that everyone's probably heard of. How did the idea of Love Hero come about then? Well, I always knew that once I finished my first brand that I'd always go back to doing another brand. I just needed to learn more, experience more, get the right supply chain. Um, so when this opportunity came with um, going on the show of making the cuts, um, I thought it was a great opportunity there to really start something new, something fresh, um, based on what I've learned in the past, but also changing things in the way I see how a fashion brand should run and, and how pro products should be consumed and produced. So that's kind of how Love Hero became, um, evolved basically for the TV show. Um, and there's, there's three of us, so there's two other co-founders, um, Tanya, who's a stylist, um, she's been working in this for 15 years, personal stylist, and uh, Heather, who's also, she's based in America, um, she's focusing on production and technical design. So in your launch as well, I've noticed that you've been looking for love heroes as part of your campaign, and we can see that love hero is more than just a name for your brand. Can you tell us what it means to you for someone to be a love hero? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think those two words are super powerful, love and hero, you know, so love is, it's all about giving love to the planet, to the people around you, you know, just, just expressing, you know, just 
a human thing that is love, which is so powerful. And being a hero is like being a hero to yourself, a hero to others um, by leading by example, you know, showing people that you can change and do better, better things in different ways um, that helps the planet. But also, you know, you don't lose that, that element of fashion because fashion is all about storytelling um, and elements of surprise. And, you know, it takes you somewhere. So, you know, you don't want to lose that part, but you also want to make sure that what you're doing, um, you're not impacting the planet so much. And I guess with the Love Hero campaign, our whole thing is all about planet, planet conscious clothing for ordinary people living extra, extraordinary lives. You know, we are all, we're all normal. You know, what makes us extraordinary is the way we live our lives. So we really want to adapt that, um, that ethos, um, that mentality also to our campaigns and how we communicate that to our customers. You know, I don't discriminate against race. Um, you know, age, why would I discriminate against age, you know? So for us, it's all about inclusivity. It's, it's all about anyone who wants to be part of this journey. Um, you know, why would I say, you know, my demographics between a certain age group? No, it's, it's open to anyone who wants to, to be part of it, I guess. And I think the old school way of, you know, who's your target market, what age bracket they're into, um, it's kind of what we want to change those ways of communicating and, um, you know, just taking a, a more normal, human, humane approach to things. I love that. And it is becoming a much more inclusive world that we live in. And a lot of brands and businesses are realizing that that, is, that has to be the way forward. And we can see a lot of that in your in your branding as well, especially around, like you say, uh, race, gender, sexuality. Um, and it is all, everyone is there. Everyone's been involved. Uh, and I see you've obviously found a lot of love heroes in the run up to your to your launch. And you mentioned as well about being very planet responsible and people responsible. And you're very determined to have that built into your into your brand as a concept. What did it mean for you? And what have you done to ensure that that permeates through all your creative and production processes in terms of, you know, circular design and sustainability? Yeah, for sure. Listen, I mean, I guess, uh, you know, sustainability is a hot topic at the moment. Everyone's talking about it. But for us, it's the foundations of our business. So, you know, we're building like a building, for example, and those foundations have to be solid and it has to be driven by sustainability. Uh, for us, yeah, it's a talking point, but it's a norm for us. Um, and to implement all these sort of elements into the collection, take time, takes a lot of resources. Um, and it's not just about selecting organic fabrics, you know, it's working with suppliers and partners who, who are at the touch point of sustainability and innovation. For example, um, I'm working very closely with Cornets, which is the leaders in digital printing uh, machines, direct-to-fabric. You know, their machines are so uh, technical that um, they use 95% less water than other, other conventional digital printing machines. The process is seamless, so it prints um, and, and curates the, the fabric uh, all in one go, so resources are, are used less. Um, you know, we're working with other suppliers too, yarn developers and, um, you know, innovate, innovative yarns that are traceable. Um, and we're, you know, we're, we're drawing back to the yarn rather than just going to the fabric and buying a fabric. So we're developing fabrics from yarn um, and creating our own, own weaves um, and structures with these, you know, sustainable yarns. And I guess for us, traceability um, is super important. So we want our customers to really understand where they close it are coming from um, and we're tracing back all the way to our farms so our cotton farms we know where they're coming from the cotton the raw material to the yarn supply all the way up to where our factories are making our garments and then 
obviously shipped to the customer. So you have this whole traceability, this timeline. And we're using um, a platform called Retrace. Um, it's a great platform where we have to you know, input all the data, upload certificates for all our fabrics. So it's not just the fact that we can say, yeah, we are sustainable, this is, this is our supply chain. But they have to be certified, they have to be checked and controlled. And um, I think that's super key because you know, there's a lot of greenwashing going on today. Um, and it's important that if you are marketing a sustainable brand that you're doing it by the books. Uh, and it is it is hard, it's difficult. You know, it's, uh, for example, you know, with organic cotton, the GOTS uh, certification, your fabric mill needs to be certified. But if your factory who's making your clothes isn't certified, then you can't use the labeling. So it's a lot of re, it's a lot of R and D into this, you know, researching, understanding the processes, and getting them right, getting them right at the first time. Because you know, as I said before, we're trying to build a foundation, so we want to make sure that from the start go, we're doing things properly. With circularity, um, circularity is something that we're looking into. Um, you know, you have to start designing with a circular mindset. So at the end of the product's life cycle, where is my garment going to go? Majority of goes into landfill. Obviously, we're a young brand, so we don't have products circulating at the moment um, in the market. So, for us to become circular, it's going to take a while, so that we can, you know, recall the, the garments that people don't want anymore and recycle those. But at the same time, we're thinking about the compositions of our, of our um, fabrics. So, to recycle fabrics, um, it's better to recycle in one type of uh, yarn rather than having, you know, a mixture composition. So they're the kind of things that we're thinking ahead. So to make sure that one day, eventually, when we've got product out there in the marketplace and people are wanting to dispose of it, we can then recycle it um, in due time. The part that we can do now for circularity is utilizing garments in our collection that can be re, um, reworked in a sense of rentals, for example. So part of our collections will have pieces that you can rent. So that garment is generating um, income and it's, it's a circular uh, generation. So it's been rented and it's been used again. So it's, it's going in circles. Um, so the resources aren't being taken from the, from the planet to recreate something new because that garment's already been created and it's generating its processes already through getting sold um, or rented. That's fascinating. And it's one of, the, one of the good ways that people, well, one of the, positive ways that companies are looking at these days as well as you know secondhand um, and like you say rental platforms um, you talked a little bit about traceability as well which is very important for the consumer and I think if brands are determined to become sustainable and being seen as sustainable um, they need to provide that information to consumers it kind of helps as well like you say a lot of companies you know practice greenwashing with traceability it kind of puts that to rest for the consumer's conscience as it were um, can you just tell us a little bit about a bit more about Retrace? I know that you just mentioned them. How is that working with your business? Um, so we approached Retrace a couple of months ago. It was one of the platforms that we felt was right for us. Um, and their cloud system is, is, is very easy to work with. Um, there's a lot of data entering um, elements that you have to obviously do from the initial stages because obviously we've got to set up our supply chain. Um, but once that's set up, um, it's, a, it's a much more streamlined sort of uh, process. The great thing is it's very easy for customers to really see the traceability element of the garment uh, with you know really nice icons and graphics that they can just trace back like a timeline. Um, and little pop-ups showing you the certificates, um, showing you the factory, 
pictures of the factory, the people, the workers' rights. Um, so you really get an insight depth of where your garments are really getting made. Um, so we're really excited about that, and it's a new process for us, and we're learning as we go. Um, and that's one thing about Love Hero too is like we aren't experts. We're just trying to do the best we can. Sustainability is about a journey, and when we learn something, we want to share that with our followers, with our customers and um, communities. So I think having a bigger dialogue and the more awareness that customers are, are learning um, is going to make a bigger change in the industry and how people consume products. I think that's one of the things that are very apparent about Love Hero, that it is about a community. Um, it's not just selling products, but actually connecting with your consumer on a, on a much more personal yeah, level. For sure. You always got to have that human interaction. You know, I've worked in too many companies that human interaction isn't there. It's just about the bottom line. You know, for us, it's, yeah, of course, bottom line is important to, to keep going in the business. But for us, we want to create a business model that is sustaining itself. It's sustaining the supply chain and the people involved in it. Um, so it is people and planet. Um, and we're really, we're really pushing hard for this. And we really want to get our, our, our community in, involved with our processes, getting their feedback, uh, making them feel part of the process too, so that they feel more connected to the clothing. You know, I think we've lost that connection with clothing over the years, that emotional connection because there's just too much. Um, so also one of the things we're looking at is um, how to repair your garments but also how to do little things to your garments that make you connect with it. So, for example, we have a, a um, genderless uh, tailored jacket. Usually, you know, for a woman's uh, button-up, it's from right to left. For men, it's left to right. But what we're doing is we're going to be creating buttonholes that are uncut with loose buttons with instructions on how to sew your button on and cut a buttonhole. So the customer, if she's a, a lady and wants the, the female closure, We'll explain to her how to do that so that she's making that connection with her garment on a physical and emotional level. Therefore, we're hoping that they have a more longevity relationship with their garments, basically, um, rather than, you know, selling breaks. Oh, I'm going to throw it out, um, buy something new. We kind of want to stop that. That's really interesting. And it's also very fascinating that uh, it, it speaks to the ethos of your business as in creating stories with clothing. Um, and I think if people are putting a bit of investment of themselves into their product, like what you're doing with this jacket, then it makes them want to feel more connected to their clothing and makes them want to keep them longer as well, which in itself is a sustainable approach also, because like you're saying, there's a lot of product out there that is designed and bought to be worn a very few times and thrown away again, um, which as we all know is not a sustainable practice. Uh, so I really love that idea, Joshua. Now, I know we're all very eager to hear about what must be a very exciting part of your launch, being selected to take part in the Amazon show, Making the Cut. So without any spoilers, as I can understand it's not launched yet, can you tell us a little bit about the show and what it means for you and Love Hero? Yeah, so Making the Cut is um, season two is premiering on the 16th of July. Um, there's 10 designers competing to be the next global fashion brand. Um, I just say it's an amazing experience and what it means for Love Hero is allowing us to reach a broader demographic, a, a broader audience that maybe particularly we wouldn't, uh, wouldn't have been able to approach in normal circumstances to enlighten the fact of sustainability, to give more messaging about it, to educate. So hopefully that 
the more bigger mainstream audience will adapt these sustainable mindsets when they're buying their products. So that's the biggest thing I'm going to take away with this for Love Hero and making the cut. Um, and that's pretty much all I can tell you guys. But, you know, stay tuned for the 16th of July and you'll get to see some more action of me. Uh, but, yeah, very exciting. It sounds very, very exciting. And like you said as well, it's going to be great to see a sustainable brand getting such widespread exposure like that. Do you th- do you feel it will help raise awareness of the environmental issues in fashion and more responsible yeah, choices Yeah, I definitely do. I definitely do think so. I think, you know, if you bring awareness to 10 people, that is an achievement, you know. It's just ticking along, trying to keep it, you know, this memento going with sustainability and this talk about it. But also, you know, we need action. You know, sometimes words you know, greater than, than actions. But I think now there's there's a lot of words out there, but we need action too. And that comes from, you know, it comes from the government. It comes from industry bodies to all come together to really identify what's needed uh, to save our planet, basically, you know. So we can still keep enjoying fashion and what it, does, what it gives to us, but doing it in a responsible way. Yes, absolutely. And you said that it's coming out first episode, 16th of July, I believe. Yeah, 16th of July, yeah. first episode. And people can watch this on Amazon Prime. Anywhere else they can watch it? No, just Amazon Prime. Just Amazon Prime. Brilliant, excellent. And I'm sure you're going to be posting it across your social media so people can catch up with the episodes as they go along. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, if you follow us at Love Hero on Instagram, there's always updates on what we're doing, our processes. So, um, yeah, spread the love and um, we'll be very appreciative. So, Joshua, with, uh, with Love Hero, how do you see... How do you see the future developing? Obviously, you want to be a global brand, and I feel like this program will propel you to that status very quickly. How do you see the progress of Love Hero panning out? Well, I've always said from day one, I want to grow organically. I think a lot of brands, they fail because they overcommit, they overexpand too quickly. Therefore, the demand is needed to create new products, new ideas. And you know what? As a designer on short timelines, you know, it's hard to come up with new ideas all the time, you know, and I think we just need to slow things down a bit, you know. So for us, it's not about doing collections, four or five collections a year in terms of the traditional calendars. We wanted to be doing smaller, more frequent drops, storytelling drops, um, but also closer to the seasonal the seasonal calendar, the seasonal weather, uh, weather, you know. So in January, we're not going to be dropping linen shirts when most brands will be dropping the early spring, summer. You know, it doesn't make sense. You know, for us, we'll be dropping in March, April when it starts to get warmer. So they're the kind of things that we're looking at as a brand to grow um, and change the structure of how we do things compared to what's the norm at the moment. Um, and just trying to have touch points on everything we do, you know, so that people really understand our process and why we're doing this and also getting getting some knowledge out of it too which i think is super important and where would people be able to you know shop for love here is it going to be purely e-commerce or retail um at the beginning it's going to be purely e-commerce um it's always been it was always born to be a direct consumer brand obviously as we grow we will need to reach out to certain wholesale accounts certain retailers but there'll be a hand-selected amount, you know, that align with our vision too in terms of sustainability. Um, but predominantly, it's just going to be online. And then, of course, you know, once things start to open back up, um, when we get back to the new normal, you know, we'll be doing pop-up events and stuff like this um, for, for our customers for interaction because I think that's also very important 
to have that you know that face to face dialogue with our with our community to to really to really tell them you know really show them what we're about. Absolutely. And how do you feel about uh, retail at the moment? I think retail is in a, a unique position at the moment. Um, it's kind of like a make or break. I think you have to get it right now because consumers are definitely wanting to buy new stuff. Um, and I think it's a moment now that we've had 12 months of reflecting. And I think a lot of people really understood that, you know what, I don't really need any more clothes in my wardrobe, you know. So if I'm going to buy something, I'm going to buy it because there's a narrative behind it. There's meaning behind it. And that's, that's what we're about. You know, everything we do has a story behind it. Even from our prints, you know, there's always something, there's a story behind it. We'll never do something just for the sake of it. And I think that's key for retailers is to really hone in and be genuine about what they're doing, you know, because people now they've got the access to information. They can see through that. And, um, you know, we got to treat our customers, our community, like our friends, you know, you wouldn't take someone for, you know, you wouldn't take your, your best friend, you know, taking for a ride, would you? You know, so we look at that as the same with our community. They're, they're helping us grow. So that's a major part of our life. So, you know, we're going to give back to them as much as they give to us. I agree. I feel like the consumer has become a lot more in touch with what they're doing, how they're consuming, with the brands that actually speak to them uh, rather than just push and sell to them. And people are looking for stories, they're looking for narratives, and they're looking for ways to, you know, to connect personally. Well, Joshua, we're, we're all looking out for this show. I'm sure when the first episode airs, everyone will be there. I'm looking forward to it. I'm sure everyone will be tuning in. It's been great to hear about Love Hero and to learn about the start of what is clearly a very exciting journey. I wish you all the best success on the show and with Love Hero. Now, if you want to be a love hero and want to learn about Joshua's journey, you can find out via the link in the episode description. Thank you for listening and thank you to Joshua for being on the show. This has been the Sustainable Fashion Wingman podcast and I'm Sebastian, helping you dress, live and work more sustainably. Mm-hmm.